There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Porter. Well, hello. Hello. And here we are. We're recording in an evening, which mm. isn't our norm. And it's been a sad day today because on the day we're recording this, Jeffrey from Rainbow died. Oh, yes. Sort of legendary children's TV programme from our youth. Mm. Um, he was the, the central figure in that show, really. He was the anchor yeah. of it. And, you know, all these big characters like Bungle and Zippy and George and Rod and Jane and Freddie would be in his orbit. But he was very much, you know, its heart. Yeah. And he's died today. And then the French singer, Charles Aznavour, has died as well. I don't know Charles Aznavour. Oh, I mean, he's as famous as you can be in France. I mean, oh. he's like the French Frank Sinatra. Anyway, the reason I mention this is I did a tweet earlier on. Yeah. I wrote, poor Charles Aznavour. The only thing keeping him going was the hope of a rainbow cast reunion. Oh. <laughs> Which I thought was a good tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because oh. Jeffrey died first and then Charles Aznavour yeah. was announced a couple of, couple of hours later. So then I checked in on the tweet 15 minutes later. Yeah. And I was expecting my phone to explode <laughs> with retweets. Yeah, yeah. I thought, this could be the tweet that makes me. yeah. Oh, go on. Seven likes. Not, not even any retweets? No. So what do you think went wrong? Seven likes. So what, what is wrong? I mean, I, th- I think that is I know, a good I know tweet. Went, I think I know what went wrong. What? Everyone's going, well, who's Charles Aznavour? No, no, both things were trending on Twitter. <laughs> both things. Okay. Like the, the death of both men was trending oh. on Twitter. Like it wasn't, an, it wasn't unpleasant. It wasn't sick. I mean, it, well, you know, I don't think you could say too soon because there was a <laughs> sort of a cuddliness to the, yeah, to the tweet. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't, I mean, I'm, I'm not one to dissect it for you, really. It's made me hate expert. people. <laughs> it's made me wish that Charles Aznavour and Jeffrey Rainbow <laughs> had never died. Well, at least you got it off your chest now. Yeah. Another awful thing happened to me today. What's that? I accidentally flashed my midriff on the London Underground. Oh, no. So I'm wearing a T-shirt that's slightly too small. A I mean, belly was... top, is it? <laughs> And I was standing up, you know, there's no room to sit down. Yeah. And I was standing up and I was holding on to the thing. Yeah. Strapper hanging, I believe they call it. Yeah. And, you know, the tube jerked around a little bit. And my, I, I looked down and there was my belly button. Poking out for everyone to see. Yeah. And do you know what the sad bit was? What's that? Nobody offered me a seat. <laughs> Why would they offer you a seat? They might have seen it and thought, oh, he's carrying that around with him. <laughs> 
that around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this man needs a seat. I don't I don't think that's generally the, uh, the thing that people do. I would like it if they did, though. <laughs> He could do with a rest. Oh. <laughs> Cutting that around all day. They might think, well, let him sit down so that he covers up his little tummy, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't I know we've talked before about the, you know, the, the horror of accidentally um offering a pregnant person a seat. Mm. Have have we talked about what the cutoff point for the age is? Oh no, we haven't, no. It's, I mean, I saw a, there was so eventually when I did sit down as the train emptied out a little bit, there was a woman who like she was either in her fifties and looking bad on it, mm. or like in her sixties or seventies and looking great on it. Right. Okay. You know? Yeah. And I thought if I offer her her seat, a seat, mm. and she is in her fifties, she would then be insulted because yeah. I'm basically saying you look like an old lady. Yeah. 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 So I didn't offer her my seat. I mean, like I say, I'm cutting this around. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to take the weight off. Yeah, it's difficult because some people are very offended. My dad, who is 78, I think, mm. yeah, um, he gets fu- like furious if really? someone offers him a seat. And then one time I was with him, it happened, and he started doing chin-ups on the bar <laughs> above to prove. Did that really happen? I swear to God, to that prove really that he was agile and fit and did not need a seat. Wow. Yeah. Did nobody make any eye contact? <laughs> Everybody just what pretend this think? isn't happening. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Germans. Drift. Our favourite part of the podcast is when you share your stories. And if you haven't yet done so, or if you've done something new and excruciating that you haven't yet told us about, or something's popped into your head that you haven't yet told us about, we would love to hear from you. Your failures to uh, interact with your fellow human beings, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. The first one is from Chris Price. I have lots of trouble greeting people. It's hard to know whether you should be shaking hands or kissing on one cheek or two, or even the new manly thing of now half shaking hands and half hugging that seems to have developed over the past few years. I use these examples as background for the strange thing I did last week when I bumped into someone in the street and got confused. I'd just left the office and my mind was on what to buy for dinner that evening and what to watch on my commute home when I bumped into our office cleaner. We were in a busy central London street. I was walking towards the tube station and he was heading the other way into the office to clean. We said hello and I think, as his English isn't great, he was going to point to show he was on his way to the office. Unfortunately, my brain got confused and when his hand started to move to point, I thought he wanted to shake hands. So I reached out my hand too and ended up holding his finger. After a few seconds of me wanting to die right there and then and him looking at his finger and then at me with a puzzled look on his face that seemed to burn into my very soul, I shook his finger like I was shaking hands and that this was a normal thing that normal people might do. Then I let it go and started to run without daring to look back. I have since then changed my route back to the tube station and also left a few minutes earlier just to avoid another encounter. Oh, that's great. You should have pulled it. Yes, yes. Like a kid with a cheeky granddad who stores up his flatulence. A kid? I'm sure you did that to me recently. I'm sure you did. I haven't done that to you for a long time, I don't think. Okay, okay. I haven't said pull me pump finger. Right, oh God, okay. Okay, this one's from Kate. I am writing to you in order to impart a tale that makes me cringe to this day, despite the original event being well over a decade ago. Names have been changed to save further blushes. 
I was in my late teens and staying with my parents over the summer break from university. One day I was home alone and the landline rang. Being a socially awkward teen, I uncomfortably picked up the receiver and used the greeting I'd heard my mum use many times in the past. Hello, Preston 312456. Number has been changed to warn off any pranksters wishing to call my mum and ask for see more butts. <laughs> Immediately after uttering these words, the caller launched into a greeting. Hello, Janet, my mum. It's so good to hear you. It's been so long since we spoke. I've been hoping to catch you for some time. As the caller continued, I realised two things. One, the caller was a slightly mad older lady that my mum knew and referred to as Nutty Doris. <laughs> Two, Nutty Doris obviously assumed she was speaking to my mum. I attempted to interrupt. I, I'm sorry, it's not Janet, it's Kate. But my protestations were drowned out by Nutty Doris's continuing babble. She was now recounting with relish a tale of a funeral she'd recently attended and was in full flow. What could I do? My brain fizzed in a panic. I looked at the time on the landline. Nutty Doris had now been chatting for nearly three minutes and I'd been <laughs> unable to reveal that it was me rather than my mother with whom she was speaking. Then, with a start, I realised the line had gone silent. Hmm? I asked, trying to sound exactly like my mum. Nutty Doris replied, I asked, are you well, dear? Oh, yes, quite well, I responded. <laughs> Nutty Doris then proceeded to launch into a story about one of her adopted cats who had recently required a trip to the vets. I was starting to sweat. The woman had now been talking for over five minutes under the false impression that she was speaking to my mum. Surely it was now far too late to reveal myself. She would surely think I'd intentionally duped her. I decided the best course of action was to ride out the phone call, making use of as many hmm, uh-huh and yeps as I possibly could. Unfortunately, the next question necessitated a slightly longer answer. And how is Kate doing at university? What did you say she'd gone to study again? As I gave my answer, medical sciences and she's loving it. I knew that I hadn't managed to convincingly imitate my mum. There was a pause on the other end of the phone. I am speaking to Janet, aren't I? I froze. <laughs> Blind panic poured into me from my toes up to my scalp. But I knew that by this point I couldn't reveal the deceit. <laughs> I was quiet for a long time and then did the only thing I could think of. For reasons best known to my 18-year-old self, I imitated the dialing tone for approximately five seconds. <laughs> then, in what I hoped sounded like a pre-recorded robotic voice, I said, there has been a problem with your call. Please try again. There has been a problem with your call. Please try again. I slammed down the receiver. 30 seconds later, the phone rang again with what I can only assume was an extremely confused Nutty Doris on the other end. I let it ring out. <laughs> The following reading week, when I was visiting my parents' house again, I asked my mum if she'd heard from Nutty Doris recently. My mum said, yes, and even nuttier than ever. She had some tale about calling my number and speaking to a phantom voice that sounded almost, but not quite like me. Imagine. <laughs> oh, wow. that's so great. I mean, why why didn't you just hang up? <laughs> because it would have made the dialing tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your dialing tone. <laughs> Oh, yes. that's wonderful. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have a story. Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Shoo, 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 shoo. Adrift. Naughty Porty from number 40. Yes. Um, that's not Annabelle's real address. I changed it. <laughs> Thanks. To protect your, uh, you know, for your privacy and because 40 rhymes with porty. Yeah. Um, you have prepared a story. I have. What subject is the story this week? Small talk. Right, I'm very excited to hear this. So, as you know, I'm not good at small talk. No. Some people are, 
but nobody actually enjoys small talk, do they? Like you never had anyone say, oh, I actually I actually really like small talk because it's boring. Like it's a waste of mouth movement. The amount of times I've said, how are you? When I have more interest in the Udden-Wentworth scale used to measure particles of silt <laughs> than how that person actually is. It's all that time wasted. I mean, I could have written a novel or rather spent countless hours thinking about writing a novel. <laughs> I looked up how to be good at small talk and there are lots of sites with lists of questions for small talk. Like, Here are three of them. Does your family have any secret or famous recipes? What's the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened to you? If you were in charge of picking the eighth wonder of the world, what would you choose? Now, these would make small talk more interesting. But how do you go from how are you into this question without sounding mental? Yeah, like, nobody yeah. ever tells you how to do that, do they? No. And I do need to know this because I do occasionally have a tendency during small talk to try and end the small and get to the big as soon as possible. And it rarely goes well. And this is one occasion of this. And it's only a few years ago, so it's still a very fresh entry into my video channel of shame that Mm. plays whenever I wake in the night. (laughs) So I'd gone to a Christmas party with my boyfriend. And I know it's definitely a Christmas party, so I have a vivid memory of staring into the lights of a Christmas tree after the incident while thinking the word (laughs) why over and over again. And it's one of my boyfriend's friends. And as I've said before, my boyfriend is younger than me. He's a millennial, which mostly means that he's in more WhatsApp groups than me. <laughs> and this friend is part of a group that all work in the media, doing stuff to do with video and special effects and motion graphics and other stuff I don't really understand. And I could describe the group in more detail, but I'll just use a shortcut word, hipsters. Right. Like it might not be strictly right, correct, right. but you know, you get the picture. Yeah. I've never met this particular friend before and the party is at his flat, which is in Homerton, a very fashion bit of East London mm. and it's an old school converted into flats and it's completely amazing it's all double height ceilings and mezzanine levels and vaulted windows it's gorgeous whereas I I live in a maisonette in a cul-de-sac in the suburbs I'm, I'm already feeling very out of my depth but everyone I speak to seems friendly and when I say speak to I mean when I say excuse me to <laughs> and when I say friendly I mean they don't ask me to leave <laughs> My unease is not helped by the fact that it's during a period of my life when I'm not drinking any alcohol. Otherwise, I would probably try and break dance by now. But as it is, I'm, I'm totally sober, awkwardly sober. And I'm about half an hour into my party experience when I find myself talking to the party host in, in my worst case scenario, one-on-one. <laughs> this oh, is the worst. God, yeah. And when I say talking, I obviously mean small talk. Mm. Now, I can't recall the early stages of this, but I'm guessing it features, you know, hello, how are you, happy Christmas. And then I start with some probably a little bit over the top stuff about how great the flat is. And then I ask him if he lives alone or whether he shares it with someone. And he tells me that he lives there with his girlfriend and also another couple. So a good response now to keep the small talk going would be maybe something like, oh, how long have you lived here? Or maybe if I want things to get a bit more interesting, I could ask, like, who's the messy one out of the group that mm. you're moaning about behind the back? There are probably a hundred decent follow on questions. Mm. Or even silence. I could have just said nothing. Maybe he had asked me a question about my living arrangements. But because I'm feeling awkward and old and uncool and boring, and because I hate small talk, you know, I want the bigger stuff. (laughs) Instead, when he tells me that he lives there with his girlfriend, another couple, I blurt out, oh, do you have orgies? (laughs) Orgies. I'm not even sure that anyone has said orgies in general conversation outside of ancient Greece. I sound like a pervert, a dirty old man. And then his response, oh, his response was just, no, immediately followed by, oh, excuse me. And he walks off. So I can't even try and redeem myself. He probably like goes off to try and hide the drill that he imagined I was planning to use to make holes in his bathroom door. Oh, 
I haven't seen this man since. <laughs> but if I ever do, I'm just going to go and try to talk to him about the Udden Wentworth scale. It's much safer. <laughs> what was the age difference between you and him? <laughs> Ten years. Right. So, I mean, that, you just came over as creepy. <laughs> He thought he thought you were grooming him. Oh, he thought you wanted to to get something oh, going. Why did I say it? You should have followed up with. So, do you have a hot dog? A hot tub. <laughs> oh. oh, Annabelle. Time for adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. In whichever order that makes sense to you, you are the one perceiving it in the computer simulation. Um. Hi. Now, there's something I feel terrible about because I didn't say thank you on the podcast during the summer. And the reason for this is I was away in Edinburgh for a lot of the summer. So we stockpiled podcasts. We recorded a load in advance. And this happened after we'd recorded them all. So I popped back to London and something had turned up in the post, something wonderful that I did know that it was coming, but um, I didn't know when. And it's minifigs. Mm. Now, these aren't figs. No, You're no. thinking, oh, I love a baby sweet corn. I love a little cherry tomato. <laughs> I'd love a mini fig. That's not what I'm talking about. They're little sort of Lego figures of me and Annabelle made by uh, a, a guy called Nick. Uh, he's got a firm called Mini Figs. You can look them up online. And basically, you can buy all the bits to render yourself as a little Lego-ish figurine and Nick very kindly has done both me and Annabelle as these figures and I because we didn't see each other over the summer and then I completely forgot um, I've just presented you with yours now I absolutely love it it's so cute it's even got little it's got I've got accessories Mm -hmm. one of which is my ticket out of this hellhole and the other is my book yeah your book it's so nice it's lovely now I took a picture of these at the time and I I tweeted them but I just never got um, around to thanking Nick, which I think is actually, you know, Nick will appreciate this. He writes, truth be told, they've been finished for ages because he emailed us a long time ago about this. He says they've been sat on my desk. I didn't send them because I thought um, I'd have to send them with a message or something. And that sort of turned out to be weirdly intimidating. (laughs) I guess that's just the drifter in me. And then he adds that they've been listeners since 2004. and uh, and and write some nice things that I'm not going to read out because it would no. sound sounds self congratulatory. Yeah. Um, but he says, you know, our podcast is kind of what he likes about his job, their job, uh, which is, you know, never going to be taken too seriously. It's never going to be critical to someone's life, but it could just put a smile on someone's face at the right moment. Um, so thank you, thank you for sending Aww. those. Uh, they're just wonderful, yeah, and I feel great. slightly guilty about. Not mentioning them. Oh, he's going to sooner. understand. Don't worry yeah, about that. This is the type of person who's going to understand. Don't worry. He also made me think that if you're doing Secret Santa this year, that would be. Oh. Like, I don't know how much these things cost, but I don't think they're much. I think it's a lovely gift for anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I once because the thing I don't like about Secret Santa, I've said this before, is the secret bit. Because you want everyone to know. If yeah, that's a nice that, that gift. I'm a thoughtful present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, even if the person receiving it doesn't have the uh, taste to add uh, to <laughs> you're still bitter about that time that you bought someone some really nice pencils and they practically threw them in the bin as they walked out of the roof yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've also remember white once really overspending oh on secret santa by by several times over really yeah to get this guy like a really nice sort of a business card holder yeah yeah and it was the same thing no. Yeah. Do you know what my greatest? I can't remember if it's Secret Center or something similar where you had only had a small amount of money to buy something for somebody else. But the greatest thing I ever bought was 
Wow. Which which feeds into this minifigs thing. Yeah. I went out into Leicester Square in London where the caricature artists are yeah. and got a caricature of myself. Because <laughs> I thought at least that way they would know it was from me. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I can receive their thanks. Um, anyway, thanks for the minifigs. And... Um, I should just mention as well, while we're at this part of the programme, I always do, if you would like to support us on Patreon, we'd love that. Um, We've wanged on about it a lot in recent weeks, Mm. so I'll just give you the little reminder now that if you don't do that yet, but you do enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support us and help us keep making it, uh, if you just go to patreon.com stroke adrift, just a little bit of spare change. I sound wretched when I say that, don't I? Spare change, please, Gov. Spare change. Excuse me, I'm sorry to bother you. Um, I've got. You can see I've got my car keys here in my hand, <laughs> but it's been stolen, and I need to get yeah. need to get back to Liverpool. A bit, it's a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah if you've not got 67p, <laughs> so it's a very specific yeah, amount. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So, so thanks for the minifigs and very clumsily bolted onto the end of that if you want to support us on patreon it's patreon.com stroke adrift adrift adrifting adrifter naughty adrift onto the incident and the incident is about text etiquette this week okay before i tell you um what thing is troubling me? Mm-hmm. I just want to quickly. This is another text exchange, but just read you a little text exchange between me mm. and my wife Sarah. Okay. So this was sent at uh, about midday today. Me, mm-hmm. not accusatory. Right. Now that's a good way to start a text, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I want it to be clear here. I'm not accusing mm. you of anything. Mm-hmm. So I wrote, not accusatory, but did you finish the cream cheese? I was looking for it and I couldn't find it. And well, I was you wondering if it was it lost. In, yeah. uh, okay, okay. The reply came back mm. one minute later. Mm-mm. It said, you finished the cream cheese when I made you a bagel and cream cheese yesterday morning. Right. <laughs> okay. So I would argue yeah. that the, you know, the two things aren't strictly related. Go on. So on one hand, she did a lovely thing by making me a cream cheese and tomato bagel. What 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 a wife. Mm-hmm. So that that's that thing that lives in isolation. Mm. The second thing is, she knew we had bagels in the house and I wanted a cream cheese bagel for breakfast mm. and then she'd thrown the thing away. Do you not think she had some kind of duty to let me know or to replace the cream cheese? Oh, the same thing happened to me with honey this week. So <laughs> I, 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 I have got a very strong opinion on this. And what is your opinion on My it? opinion is, yes, yeah, she should have done. She should have let like me know. Just like Tom should have told me that he'd finished the honey because he knows I have honey every morning in my breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I, I don't want to detract from the lovely gesture mm. of making me the bagel the previous day. Mm-mm. But if, if, you, you know, if you use something up, yeah. it's good to either let the person know it needs replacing mm. or if you're able to replace it yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Glad to know that I'm uh, right about that. She's not going to like that. She was really uh, unhappy about last week's um, incident. Oh. She felt she's been completely misrepresented. What was it about last week? It was about, um, do you remember Nick and Catherine came over for lunch and they ended up bringing food? Oh, yes, 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 yes. So she feels, the the, and I'm sure she's right, Mm. the real version of events wasn't quite as I presented it. Okay, okay. But I'll be honest, sometimes, you know, 
there, there isn't an incident in my week that needs, <laughs> needs solving. That Your needs scrutiny. So, so sometimes I just slightly manipulate the truth. Right, okay. Uh, just so to fill this bit of the podcast. Okay. I mean, it's always rooted in truth, mm-hmm. something that's gone through my head, and more often than not, it is something that happens. Yeah, yeah. But every now and again, I have a week when nothing happens to me. Okay, okay. Um, so all that being said, yeah. This this is a much shorter text thing. Mm. Um, so I was meeting somebody earlier on mm-hmm. in a sort of semi-professional basis, mm-hmm. um, which is a reflection on my own professionalism rather than the um, incident, you know, the meeting itself. Okay. So I met somebody earlier on and I've been keeping them up to date on what date it was and we thrashed out a time and where it was. But um, I, I needed to let him know specifically where it was. So I, I sent a friendly text message saying, hello, exclamation mark. Mm-hmm. And I don't put, it's at dot, 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 yeah. the name of the place, yeah. later, see you there. Yeah. He texts back. Yeah. Okay. Like, no kiss or anything like that. Should I think okay is too abrupt a response? Oh, this is a very tricky area. So we used to have a boss called Clive, who mm. was a brilliant boss, but he would often reply to things in, in one or two words. I actually wondered if it was Clive when he, when he said, <laughs> said the OK. Yeah. But I think if you're going to do that, you, I think you really need to put a kiss on the end. You need to add a bit of warmth to just it. To, just to show warmth. Maybe, maybe an exclamation mark? Yeah, any, anything. Yeah, yeah, an exclamation mark. You know, I, I, I was really anti the exclamation mm-hmm. mark, apart from for exclamations before text messages became a thing. Yeah. And now I'm using them willy-nilly because you just need to, you know, you need to give a bit of a tone of voice to your text messages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gareth, our old producer, sometimes he would just text back, yeah, spelt Y E H. That's, he wouldn't, that's he, so someone of his age yeah. because Tom does that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no A in it. It's such a grunt. Yeah, it is a grunt, isn't <laughs> grunt. it? Yeah. It's less than a word. I know, yeah. I know. Um, so, so this week's incident, you know, are one word replies with. No kisses, no exclamation. Because I'd gone. So, because what I could have written was just the name of the place. Yeah, you went hello exclamation mark. Yeah, and then yeah. put see you later. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of warmth, right? Yeah. Give a bit of warmth. But am I wrong? I find out in this week's the incident. This week, I sought the wisdom of brilliant comedian Luke McQueen. Well. To be honest, I'm probably someone that would do that a little bit. Like, I wouldn't do it necessarily if, if I, if you were like a new friend, or but if I was very comfortable with you, I'd just be like, matter of fact, you know, give you the information that you need. One word answer is okay. But then often when I do do it, the person then goes, oh, you're in a bit of a mood today. And then I have to uh, sort of smile a lot when I see them to convince them that I'm not. You don't worry about coming across as likable in a text message then. <laughs> not really no um well the emojis have changed a lot you know emoji i, I use emojis a lot now so I, yeah maybe i would have done fine thumbs up do you ever because, do you ever vary the skin tone of the thumb up um just the standard skin tone i don't really mess about with it like whatever comes up first i mean the one that comes up first is always the one that's probably most similar to my skin so right right which is sort of simpsons yellow i believe Simpsons yellow, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, so what? What's your opinion on kisses? Because I, I will, I will put kisses on my text messages, not because I want to kiss the person or I feel particularly yeah. affectionate toward them, but just, just to convey a little bit of manners and, and friendliness. I've phased kisses out. Oh. And I, I do it sometimes still, 
but I just find uh, I don't know. I did it when I sort of it kind of when I was about fifteen. Everyone was doing kisses like to, you know to anyone, and um, I don't know. Just sort of, I think I ended up thinking it was a bit insincere, and then just sort of phased out a little bit. What year are we talking? Um, I, I think the last sort of five six years I've been slowly phasing out kisses. Okay, so like tw- I mean, 2012, I mean, 2013. I mean, kiss, but yeah. you know, it's, it's not important. And you know. So, so I'm guessing that you haven't got any advice for me on how to teach this guy some manners because you, you think his manners are fine in the first place. I think his manners are spot on. Um, while I've got you, Luke, the, I mean, it, it was shameless me asking you on this week because really I just wanted to tell you how great I think the Luke McQueen pilots are, which uh, are on iPlayer at the moment. Um, what, what's your feeling on these shows? This is three shows you've made for the BBC. Yeah, well, I mean, we're trying to... The BBC wanted to make a series of me. Um, I'm a little bit annoyed that they're showing them, but um, some people have responded positively, so um, hopefully it's not ruined my career completely. And maybe they'll let you do some more of these things. I mean, I don't know if I'd trust the BBC again. They'd have to <laughs> grovel um, or at least offer me another opportunity, and then I'd probably say yes. Is it weird you're on a train at the moment? I'm presuming there are other people around talking yeah, about making been... a series for the BBC. Are people looking at you? Well, I've just been um, shushed to uh, the other end of the train, so I've done that. But I don't think I'm in the quiet section, so okay, well, I can chill out. I, I, I don't want to um, consign you to the vestibule, so I will yeah. let you go. I'm, I'm certainly probably not the best person to talk about manners, though, um, given that I'm just talking loudly on a train and annoying everybody. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift with you, which is saying something about you. All right, a few things that I've jotted down. Uh, they're, they're completely unrelated to each other. The first one is there's a house close to where I live, mm. and it's uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what goes on in there. Like the loud music, sometimes they'll have parties, uh, a lot of people coming and going at weird times. Um, like there used to be quite a sinister looking guy who would be standing outside smoking. Okay, right. But there was something, it wasn't just that he was smoking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that's often used in films to denote mm. that somebody's bad. Yeah, yeah. You know, there it was a shift in the days of Greece. It was denoting somebody was cool. Oh, God, yeah. And then it, it shifted that they're a baddie. Mm. Um, uh, but I've not seen him for a long time. And we've been living here the best part of five years. And in the time I've been living there, I, I, I've noticed a churn of people who live in that house to the extent that I don't think there is anybody living in that house now who was living in it when we've moved when we moved in. Okay. So I'm guessing it's like a rental and people come and go mm. house share kind of thing. But that's that's an important point. There is nobody still there okay. who who was there when we moved in. So another detail about this house is there's a window above the front door. Mm-hmm. In that window is a head of a doll oh. on a spike. 
as Ooh. if it's been decapitated, and there it is in the window. Ooh. Right. Now, interestingly, yeah. I'll bring that other piece of information into play. Yeah. I don't think there is anybody that did live there that still lives there. So subsequent generations of tenants yeah. are making the decision to leave that thing in the window. I bet they can't reach it. <laughs> Honestly, pe- people who rent don't have ladders. There's no way. They can't reach it. Okay. They, they bet they hate you, it. You've explained it. Yeah, you've explained yeah. that. Um, second thing, we had some people around for lunch on Sunday. My wife made one of her rainbow bowl, bowls, which you've had before. It's very nice dish it has halloumi and avocado and tomatoes and a nice sort of salsa in it and some rainbow chard and it's it's very nice um one of the people who's around for dinner Mm. said do you mind if i uh, empty some of the oil out of this dish Oh, they said it was too greasy. That's basically what they're saying. What, did they just pour it in the bin? Yeah, or the sink or whatever. I know you shouldn't pour oil in the sink. Really? Yeah, yeah. God, I would just suck it up. Now, I do (laughs) think this person, you know, I'm a man with a dicky tummy, and I think this person has a far more volatile digestive system. Right. But that's still quite a bold thing to do. So bold. Saying, can I improve what you've made for me by pouring some of the oil down because it's swimming in it? Couldn't they just leave it at the bottom of the bowl? That's what I would have done. Yeah, wow. Oh, gosh. So that's that. And then then the third thing, and again, unrelated. There's a, do you follow Tony Cowards on Twitter? Oh, then I know that name, so I must do, yeah. He's a comedian. With, and, it, and, you know, Twitter can be such a viper's nest these days. He is somebody, I think, just brings dumb fun to Twitter like it used to be sort of 10 years ago or whatever. He, uh, you know, he, he tweets a lot of one-liners and wordplay and it's, he's, he's just a, a silly guy. He's a comedian and I like, like him a lot on there. Um, anyway, he retweeted something earlier on wasn't one of his own it was a video that he'd seen and he's saying this is what twitter this is why we stay on twitter and it was a video where somebody had got a bottle opener you know the corkscrew types where you screw at the top then the arms come up at the sides oh yeah yeah. and they put it in front of a tv or a computer screen on the computer screen was a video of of a roller coaster you know the view from a roller coaster and then they were making the arms go up and down like it was an excited (laughs) person like a little puppet and it was it was brilliant and it really made me smile (laughs) yeah yeah but here's the thing the video is 25 seconds long right and at nine seconds i thought okay i get this now i turned it off (laughs) like what's wrong with me you couldn't last the whole 25, no, 25 seconds. I, I was enjoying it and I thought this is good. Uh, but I mean, what is wrong with my attention span? Uh, it's not like I'm busy like I'm Obama or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah, nine seconds. Get it now. <laughs> it doesn't bode well for the future, that does If it was it? more than a minute, would you even press play? No, absolutely no, not. Didn't no, didn't think so. Form an orderly bubble and off we go. Adrift. All right, let's dole out some rules then, Annabelle. Let's yeah. lay down the law in Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Here we are in my attic. It's problematic. And this is where you give us a situation that you've been in and, and you've gotten flustered and we'll tell you what the rules are. And if you have one of these you'd like to send it to us, you can email it to us and um, the, the email address will be back. I know I say it all the time, but people are constantly tweeting me saying, what's the email address okay, again? Okay. I just think press rewind on the podcast. Oh, hassle. No, Uh, but have you got the first one? Yes, Richard Hancock. I had a bit of a situation in a supermarket earlier and I would appreciate your wisdom. It was a busy evening in a big supermarket with plenty of commuters picking up their items for tea. Despite the business, however, there weren't many aisles open, so I choose to use one of these self-service checkouts. 
scanned my food, collected my nectar points and paid up. As I began to pack, I noticed the line behind the tills was starting to swell. I stood by the checkout and began to place all my food into my rucksack. About halfway through packing, I noticed the lady was standing right behind me waiting for my till. With the last few items to go, the lady moved right next to me and scanned her pint of milk. In defiance and feeling frustrated, I moved my rucksack onto the weighing scales, knowing full well it would upset the machine and stop her getting any further, and packed my last item. She muttered, excuse me, and I cleared my throat in annoyance (laughs) and walked off, trying to glare at her as I went. What should I have done in this scenario? Should I have scooped my items up and packed up elsewhere? Should I have calmly asked her to wait a minute rather than passively aggressively obstructing her? I think my personal rule is to not step forward until one of the tills is completely free. But perhaps I need to go back to rule school. You don't need any advice. I mean, you played that perfectly. Really? Yeah. I mean, if I'd have been watching that, observing, I would have held held a perfect 10 on the scorecard. Oh, wow. Don't you think that's... Because he's right. You shouldn't approach those things until the person ahead of you is gone. Yes, it can be frustrating if people take a long time to put Mm -hmm. their things in a bag, but that's, that's, that's the social contract. And so you have to, in some way, punish them. Because that's quite brave what he did. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, not many people will be able to no, do that. I, mean, that. I admire him. I don't know that I would be mm. able to do that. So how would you have handled it? Um, Tut, huff. Um, yeah, I probably would have, like, re- in a real panic, tried to get my things into the bag. Then things would have dropped all over the floor. And then I would have scuttled away without saying anything. And then just felt deep fury for the rest of the day and thought about things that I could have said to that person (laughs) and actually what I should have done was behave exactly how Richard did. Okay, so maybe that should be the rule then. You get to put your bag back on the weighing machine. Yeah. Okay. If you're brave enough. Yeah. Otherwise, just seethe. Yes. Okay, fine. Well, we've got that sorted out quite quickly. Mm. Let's go on to the next one then. This is from our court composer, Emily Harrison. Oh, I was hoping you could help with an interaction I had and foresee having more of. To give a little backstory, I've been having terrible back pain lately to the point that I've been going to a physical therapist for the past few months. Some days it hurts just to walk around. I'm not supposed to lift much while I'm healing. Anyway, I was on my way out and I heard the mail carrier approaching our house. Since I was already outside about to get in my car, I thought, why not go and say hi and get the mail? I'm sure she'd appreciate that. So I went down to greet the mail carrier. She gave me our mail and then turned off the mail truck. I think my heart stopped along with the truck because I knew what that meant. She'd have a package to unload from the back. Sure enough, she started unloading this large, heavy box from the back of the truck. I panicked because I always like to help whenever possible, but knew already that there was no way I could in this situation. She opened up the back of the truck and we had that awkward pause of, am I expected to help? Oh, I'd love to help. I have a really bad back, I said. She gave me a half smile and proceeded to pull the package out. I thought, oh great, she's not buying that. But I felt so snobby and pretentious just standing there doing nothing. (laughs) I could get my husband to help you if you want. I said next. She still said nothing. And then I thought, great, now you just insulted her strength as if she needs a man to do her job. <laughs> she then lifted the package and carried it up our driveway on our on her own. Oh, wow, you're so strong, I said. <laughs> still trying to redeem myself, but knew I was just digging a deeper hole for myself. My head was saying, please stop, don't say anything more. So I just ended with, have a nice day. We went our separate ways. I felt the whole time as if she was judging me for just standing there, not trying to help. This could very much just be my frustration at this whole recent back pain adventure, making me unable to do the things I used to in daily life. Those that know me know that I'm not the type to care about getting down and dirty for a job. 
So, as I get stronger, I can see this situation happening again and again. Should I just hope people trust in my word that I really do have a bad back? Carry around a doctor's note? Any other suggestions? I think like a doctor's note, laminated, some kind of certificate is always a good And pinned to your, your top, maybe? No, uh, yeah, just, just with, you, with you at all with times. With you at all times, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised by this story in a certain way mm. because... You know, you think of America as this very litigious country. Mm. Like like over here now, people are suing each other. But it was something you only ever really heard of on television, really, for a long time in American shows. Um, and definitely, if our postie had a parcel for me, there's no way he would let me help him with it because of health and safety. Oh, really? Yeah, definitely. Oh. They're not allowed. I've, I've, I've offered to help. I mean, I don't want to help. Uh, I haven't got the excuse of a bad back, but I don't want to exert myself <laughs> no. physically. I have on occasion offered to help either the uh, the, the postman or a courier, and they've said, oh, uh, we're not allowed. Well, this is this is great to know. Mm. So everyone can just... I, I had no idea, so we can all just feel like we don't need to bother offering. Yeah. What you could do, Emily, is get a trolley. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> I don't think it's going to help her back either, to be honest. And also, what would happen when they were delivering the trolley? It'd be another big part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you could then say to the uh, the postal worker, "Oh, you unwrap it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's for you." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? What? What do you think is the thing to do in this situation? Um, I th- I think that you should just say, "I've got a bad back," and um, and not care if they don't believe you. You've got a bad back, you've got a bad back. What and if they also, say, prove it? Prove it, the doctor. You could know. go, ow, like bend over and go, ooh. Get him an x-ray out or something, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. An x-ray. An x-ray. That's what you need. Okay, okay we've sorted it. Right. that was our podcast thank you for listening thank you to you if you support us on patreon if you don't support us on patreon got one thing to say to you support us on patreon unless you're too skint then uh, it's fine just tell some people about the podcast that will do see if you can find us some new listeners Thanks to Man on the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident and advice this week came from the fantastic Luke McQueen. I've got to say to you, if you haven't watched the Luke McQueen pilots on the BBC iPlayer yet, I strongly urge you to do so. They're really funny. Luke is so good in them. And uh, it also features one of my favourite comedians, Mark Silcox. So please go and watch those. Uh, Do yourself a favour. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Awada Barbaru provided technical support. Did I say Brabru then? Like Brabra from Flight of the Concords. Um, where was I up to? Kim Rainey made our artwork and Carla Gowlett took the photos. Please share your story with us and your fellow drifters. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. And uh, I think we're done. Um, one last question. As Annabelle would ask, Oh, do you have orgies?
Adrift. Adrift. On to the podications. This first one comes from Tony Birch, who says, Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. Ahoy. I'm making contact to ask for a podication for my youngest son, George, who will be turning 21 on the 1st of October. After years of feeling every one of the 25 years we have between us with comments like, you realise you're quite random, yes? <laughs> so it was a good impersonation. It was a really good impersonation of a, a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, eye rolls at 90% of my musical taste. We finally found common ground thanks to you guys. Wow. Ooh, uh, after years of insisting he'd love the old show back in the days of Mummy Am I Ugly and Drug Versus Stoned, he finally listened and grew to love it too. Stockholm Syndrome. Mm. Uh, yeah, imagine our delight when the podcast came about and we again have something in common. Hurrah! He's actually put Patreon on his extensive birthday list. Aww. So I know a podication from you both would be the highlight of his day, which includes a cheese night. Listen to this. 40 types of cheese. Whoa. His nearest and dearest. Wow. See how revered you are. Um, I did briefly consider the £20 a month option to get the recorded message, but dairy products to pay for and all that. <laughs> Thank you both and keep up the work. Tony Birch. I mean, there are some options on there which are only for eccentric billionaires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, um, that's great. And happy birthday, George. And we're, we're pleased to bridge unite the bridge the generation gap. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this other one comes from Chris Russell, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi. May I have a podication, ideally on the 26th of September or the 3rd of October? Yes, you've got it on the latter. I'm writing this request whilst travelling on the Trans-Siberian Railway with my friend Martin. We're travelling overland from the UK to Shanghai to see our mutual friend, Will. We'll also meet two other friends, Adam and Leo, who are flying to... <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing Give that. Give them all little personalities. It was, it was an unsuccessful attempt at something. I reached for something, but it didn't really okay, work. Okay. Yeah. Um, Adam and Leo, who were flying to China from the UK. The route, since you asked, was via <laughs> Brussels. Brussels is a nice city. Mm, lovely. We went there once, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hamburg, love Hamburg. Copenhagen, quite like Copenhagen. Stockholm, my mm. favourite. And then we get into Riga, oh. Moscow, Mongolia and Beijing. Oh, wow. Have you been to any of those? No, I'd love to go to Riga. Mm. Uh, and then finally to Shanghai. As I write this publication, we're about a week and a half into the trip and just over 12 hours from, do you pronounce it Ulaanbaatar, the capital of Mongolia? You're absolutely right. Yeah. It doesn't come up much in, in conversation, so I don't oh, does it really <laughs> know how to pronounce yeah, it. Ulaanbaatar. Ulaanbaatar. Yeah. The train journey has been simultaneously really wonderful and somewhat uneventful. <laughs> Perhaps the notable thing, the most notable thing for Jeff, is that my bowel movements are normally rather regular. Once a day, like clockwork, Jeff. Ah. <laughs> nice uh, Jeff Show reference yeah. there. Yeah, really, really, you know, it's really touching that somebody would remember that yeah. little detail like that. Ah. Oh. Um, at a minimum, yet yeah, between boarding the train on Tuesday evening and writing this email on Saturday afternoon, not one. A combination of a largely Pringles-based diet and my mm. subconscious unease at using the rather primitive toilet, uh, train toilet, I imagine. I mean, I don't like... You're doing it the wrong way around, of course, aren't you? Doing what the wrong way Isn't around? that Trans-Siberian Railway? Isn't what everybody says? You should start in China and go to Russia because the food's better if you do it that way. Really? Yeah, is that not the thing that everybody always says about the Trans-Siberian Railway? I've never heard that. Oh. Um... 
None of my friends, but I mean, they, they've got, you know, they're going to China for a reason, aren't they? I yeah. yeah. They didn't have a choice. In them. I mean, they had a choice, but it's just better this way. Um, none of my friends on the trip are drifters. Screw those guys. Yeah. Um, I wish I'd done different. I wish I'd done like derisive voices yeah, for them. Leo. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but they have heard my story about awkwardness as a vegetarian and uh, Moroccan leather tannery oh. on a drift episode one. My yes. friend that was a good one. Um, I'm hoping a podication. Your story, not the episode. I mean, the episode yeah. was fine, but um, I'm hoping a podication might get them on board. So I'd like to podicate this episode to Martin, Adam, Leo, and Will. I didn't do the you know uh, the insulting voice just in case. It's very big of yeah. you. Yeah. Well, I just thought it's going to put them off listening if anything, oh, isn't I see. it? Yeah. You know. Uh, we met at a job eight years ago, and despite mostly moving on and living far apart, we've remained great friends. A little mention to Joe and Tim, fellow pals who couldn't make it this time, would be great too. They, uh, they can't commit. No, clearly. Yeah. They're on the periphery of the group, those guys. <laughs> yeah. They're going to feel really left out in the next few months, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? Um, I'd planned to send a request so I'd hear it on the journey, but procrastinated too much. And so this may reach my ears on the plane journey home from Beijing to Edinburgh and brighten that journey a little. Thanks and all the best wishes, Chris. Um, and Chris has attached a photo of himself from when he came oh, yes, into I, the studio. I didn't, I didn't attach that for you, but I have to say, Chris, that I recognised you immediately. And I, yeah, I didn't bother showing it to Jeff because I knew you wouldn't recognise you. <laughs> Every now and again, I do though. You might have done. I yeah. really I mean that's something I would like a doctor's note for. Yeah, mm. that'd be good. Well, thank you for um, thank you for those podications. So we had Tony Birch. Happy birthday to George, twenty-one years old. Um, by the time you hear this podcast, yep. And to uh, to to the the lads, 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 lads. <laughs> Martin, Adam, Leo, Will, and a lesser mention to Joe and Tim from Chris Russell and there we go if you would like a podication email us hello at adriftpodcast.com Hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.